Welcome to the Better Plants podcast by BASF. In this episode, we'll be talking with Emma Wookabaugh about mums. Hello, I'm Larry Elward, custom content editor for Meister Media Worldwide, the publisher of Greenhouse Grower Magazine. I'm talking today with Emma Lookabaugh, a technical service representative from BASF. Emma holds a PhD in plant pathology from North Carolina State University. Welcome, Emma. Glad to speak with you. Hey, happy to be here today. Great to have you. Emma is going to answer some important questions about various pests and diseases when growing mums. Emma, let's start with propagation. What pests and diseases show up early in production? So botrytis blight and bacterial soft rot are two of the diseases that can quickly wipe out cuttings. So for both of these diseases, sanitation is very important. So you want to start with clean, pathogen-free cuttings that are obtained from reputable sources. Inspect the cuttings when they come in and then throw away any that look diseased. It's also a good idea to go ahead and treat your cuttings immediately after sticking or if you're using rooted cuttings after transplanting with some kind of protectant fungicide. So we like to recommend a broad spectrum product like pageant intrinsic brand fungicides. This product enhances rooting and establishment, but it also protects against fungal diseases. When it comes to insect pests, fungus gnats can be a problem during propagation and then to a lesser extent, maybe even aphids. These pests are best managed with foundational weekly applications of nemesis beneficial nematodes and then something like velifer fungal contact insecticide miticide. And so these products are going to work all season long to keep your pest pressures low. Emma, are there any diseases or insect pests that cause problems later in production? So growers maybe uh, may do battle with mites, caterpillars, or even stem borers that can find their way into the greenhouse. So you want to stay on top of broad spectrum insecticide programs and then scout regularly so that you can intervene before your pest populations get out of hand. So rotations with sultan miticide, pylon miticide, and even mainspring are going to offer coverage for multiple families of mites and even caterpillars. And then you don't want to forget your um, insect growth regulators like tetrasan, azotin O, and even distance. You can add in things like millennium beneficial nematodes for additional control of your larval borers. And that's especially important since wounds from feeding are going to provide easy access to pathogens. And so two of which I'm going to highlight here in a second. The two silent killers of garden mum are pythium root rot and fusarium wilt. And usually by the time these guys make themselves known, it's already too late. So both of these diseases get going early in production, but usually symptoms aren't going to show up until the heat of the summer. So fusarium is most likely to arrive on infected cuttings, but once it's made its way into the greenhouse, it can persist in crop debris, um, on media, on dirty pots, benches, and floors. And so it's very difficult to get rid of it. Early symptoms of disease are easily overlooked and can actually mimic nutritional issues. 
um, things like lower leaf yellowing. And then as the disease progresses, the symptoms become more obvious when the temperatures in the greenhouse heat up. And so that's when you're going to start seeing that one-sided wilting, the brown vascular discoloration. Both of those are kind of the telltale signs of fusarium wilt. And you can usually spot diseased plants by looking out into the yard and seeing bright yellow flagging in the canopy. And that's kind of a, a great indicator that you have fusarium wilt. The first symptoms of pythium root rot usually go unnoticed as well. So these could be things like subtle stunting. Um, that's kind of the first clue, but that can easily be written off as a nutritional issue. And then as disease progresses, those roots are going to become severely rotted. The plants are going to wilt during the heat of the day. Um, pythium is favored by saturated media conditions. So be sure to keep a close eye on any low areas in the greenhouse. So areas with poor drainage, because that's usually where you're going to find the disease hotspots. Um, remember that pythium can also feed on dead or dying tissue. So it's really common that we actually recover both pathogens from the same plant. So you can have both diseases at the same time. So pythium root rot and fusarium will often go hand in hand. What management options do growers have to deal with these diseases? So like I mentioned, both of these diseases get started early in production. So you need to be on a preventative fungicide program from the beginning. So we recommend you drench at transplant with a tank mix of Empress Intrinsic Brand Fungicide and then a Pythium-specific product like Segway or even Terrazol. So the Empress has proven plant health benefits that include faster rooting, improved stress tolerance, and increased growth efficiency. And then the tank mix is a good way to cover your, your bases against both diseases and then also pick up some other ones that might pop in. You then rotate with broad spectrum systemic products like orchestra intrinsic brand fungicide, Ro rotate that with something like medallion or even Postiva. And then you're gonna continue making those monthly applications of a Pythium product as well. And that basically will continue throughout production depending on you know, disease pressure and how many applications you typically do. Um, but really prevention is key because once you have these diseases, there's no going back. You can't cure them, you can't fix them. Um, and so if you let it go too long, you know, those plants are gonna eventually die. So really it's about preventative fungicide applications from the very beginning. What are the most important cultural practices to combat pests and diseases when growing mom's Emma? So scouting is a big thing and, you know, inspecting plants, uh, inspecting plant material. Um, while unpopular for obvious re reasons, scouting during the hottest time of the day is actually the best way to root out diseased plants. And so you'll easily be able to spot the wilted ones. And unless that growing media is dry as a bone, uh, you most likely have disease at play. So either pythium or fusarium, because both diseases are going to affect the water uptake. So remember, fusarium causes a wilt disease. Um, it basically plugs up the vascular tissue so that plant isn't able to get water. And then pythium root rot obviously rots the roots. And so you're not taking up as much water as you need. 
So, you know, once you see the symptoms, you'd pull the plant from the pot and check the roots. If they're brown, rotten, maybe they're even a little slimy, um, it's probably pythium. You can take your thumb and index finger and pull down on the roots. And if that outer cortex easily sloughs off, that's a sure sign you have pythium root rot. To check for a fusarium wilt, you usually have to sacrifice the plant because you want to slice the stem a couple inches from the base of the plant and look for that vascular discoloration. So you'll see brown vascular discoloration, and that's a, a clear indication that you have fusarium. And like I said, you know, severely diseased plants are not going to recover. So really one of the best management, management options is actually trash bags and to throw those diseased plants away. Um, with pythium, it produces swimming spores that can move from pot to bot, pot to pot through your irrigation runoff. So that's why moisture management is critical. Avoid those sites with standing water or poor drainage. You know, if you see algae growing, that you have a water issue. So take care of it. Um, pythium can also become a permanent resident in irrigation reservoirs. So you want to make sure you're checking your water treatment systems regularly to make sure that they're functioning correctly. Um, if you move your mums outside to finish them, because we do know some growers do that, they finish outside, uh, do not put the pots directly on native soil or even on landscape fabric because both of these pathogens can actually survive a long time in native soils. So you want to make sure you get the pots off the ground so that the roots are not in contact with any of the, you know, native soil or potential pathogens they're on. A major trend with mums is the widening of the season. Emma, what impact does this have on pest and disease control? So when you have an extended season, that means you have a longer window when you need protection. And so this is where biological fungicides and insecticides should be top of mind. So products like Velifer or a biological fungicide like Cease or even Triathlon BA can help bridge the gap between your conventional chemical application. And so regular use of these types of products can actually help keep your pest populations low so that they're easier to manage. Also, we know, you know, you have a limited number of applications you can do a year. And so biological products can help fill in some of those gaps as well. Um, some people think that you have to either be all biological or all conventional, when in reality, these functional groups actually play really well together. So you just have to be smart about timing. So one example is we recommend making applications of Velifer on Fridays, and then you can come back with your conventional fungicide about four days later. And so that gives the you know, biological insecticide plenty of time to work and kill the insect pest before you come back with a potentially incompatible fungicide application. Um, you know, we're always here to help create customized programs for growers. And so if they need suggestions on how to get started using biological products or how they can get the most out of these products in their programs, you know, we're always here to help. We'd love to, um, you know, make suggestions, make recommendations of how these can all kind of function together in your facility. Another thing, just to kind of round it out, 
um, is BASF is expecting to launch a new biological fungicide in 2023. So we're actually really excited that we'll soon have another biological tool in our portfolio to help bridge the gap there with that conventional chemistry. So that's all I have. <laughs> that's a great overview, Emma. Thanks so much for taking the time to provide growers with this pertinent information about how to control pests and diseases in moms. Thank you. This is Larry Elward with Emma Lookabaugh, and thanks for listening to this podcast.